Welcome back to Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you help other people. My name is Kate Watson. I'm here with Leslie. Leslie, how you doing? Well, Kate, I'm glad you asked. Thank you for always asking the right question. <laughs> and, and thank you for not answering. <laughs> okay. All right. You're, you're good. Yeah. I mean, I can see you're smiling. You're, you're happy. I, 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 I'm picking up what you're throwing down. All right. We are here for part four of our empathy series. I sure hope everyone's still with us. Um, but if you if you haven't particularly liked the empathy series, it's almost over. <laughs> so what we're going to do this time is just talk about if you've been listening to the first three parts of our empathy series and you're wondering like, ooh, how do I get better about this? We're going to talk about that today. Um, and frankly, Leslie, it's it's debated whether people can even learn empathy. Um, there's a school of thought that says, like, no, you're just, like, born with this or you're not. Um, I happen to not be in that school of thought, but it's out there. You'll probably, if, if any of the listeners do their own research, you'll stumble across some articles that say, hey, listen, you either have it or you don't. Um, I, I don't plan to take that approach today. I think that certainly empathy is a skill that can be taught, and we're going to try to help you with that today. Any initial reactions from you? So, no, some people are good at it and some people, I think, can use some work. Um, I think empathy often gets dismissed as just like nicey, soft skill, like um, something overly feminine that makes us all um, kind of wimpy. And if you're, if you're in that school of thought and you're not taking empathy seriously, you probably won't develop the skill. And if you're someone who takes it seriously as something that is uh, a relationship builder and also really effective for helping people, then you're probably more likely to develop it. There are a ton of like business books I can think of and like articles that talk about like CEOs being like, what? I need to understand everyone. I need to talk to, I need to be nice to the janitor. What? And those, that's what I'm talking about. The people are like, they just don't, I don't know. They, that's not their natural inclination to um, try to understand everyone. Um, okay. Well, and you know, it's, it's always funny to me that we debate whether empathy can be taught or not because there is actually some evidence I was reading and I can pop this article up on our website as well but that um, that shows people who go through medical training actually show signs of reduced empathy <laughs> which I know you can't see listeners but Leslie's eyes just popped out mm-hmm. that um, there is some uh, some evidence to show that people who go through medical training come out with reduced empathy and there's been a lot of effort in medical schools recently to try to change that but you know it's funny that we have that evidence and then people debate if you can learn it well there's evidence that you can unlearn it so why wouldn't there be some at least signal that you can learn it 
Um, if certainly if, if something like medical training can change your empathy for the worst, I would assume there's a training then that can change your empathy for the better. So I thought we might do a little exercise listeners and Leslie, you are invited to participate if you would like. Um, so we're just going to try this thought exercise and it's always tough to do on the podcast because none of you can answer me. (laughs) So I don't know. We'll just see how this goes. But the first thing I'd like you to do is think about either your significant other or a friend or family member or coworker. Just pick somebody. And I guess if I'm at any point going too fast, you can also pause me. Um, But once you've thought about who this person is, ask yourself, what has their mood been like in recent days? What has this person's mood been like in recent days? Think about that for a second. And then the next question I'd like you to ponder is what's going on in this person's life that might be making them feel that way? So the, the question prior was what has their mood been like and what's going on in this person's life that might be making them feel that way? The next question is sort of interesting one. How are you contributing? Now, I'm going to put a little spin on that. I'm reading this exercise from an article, but um, how are you contributing doesn't necessarily mean how are you contributing for the worse, right? Doesn't necessarily mean we're assuming this person is mad and you've done something, right? But how are you contributing might mean they're in a great mood and it's because you've been a great friend lately, or maybe you're not contributing at all, and that's a perfectly fine answer as well. So just as a review, first I've asked you to think of someone in your life, significant other, friend, family member, coworker. Consider what their mood has been like in recent days. Consider what's going on in this person's life that might be making them feel this way. And how are you contributing? And then the final prompt here is what could you say or do to improve this person's situation at all or if anything? Um, keeping in mind that we've been focused on how empathy isn't really about changing people. It's not about telling them what to do. But is there anything you could say or do to improve this person's situation? Knowing that the answer no is acceptable here. Let that sit for a second. And then, um, Leslie, I'm going to ask you in a moment if you have any thoughts or reactions to that. But just give folks a moment to, to ponder. And then does anything come to mind for you? So I actually feel like I did it in the reverse order, no matter what you asked me to do. Um, (laughs) So the question is, think of somebody. So I did. Um, And then I thought of somebody else because that was too hard. Um, So um, because I was too close to, yeah, I I thought of my husband and I'm like, that's too close. You know, you know, you see him every day. So then I thought of my mom. And so I'm thinking the next question was, you know, what is their what, is, what their mood has been right yeah. and so but instead of me saying like here's what her mood is i've been thinking oh here are the things that she's been experiencing and therefore her mood has been x y and z so you know I like i know my mom is uh, she's super excited because she just did um a dry month and so she's proud of herself and she's feeling motivated and, and ready to take on the world and I think for me, I'm thinking, how can I, you know, how am I contributing? Um, Am I supporting her, you know, doing this lifestyle change? Um, 
hopefully. Um, and, uh, but you know, can I impact her and, and make it better? Well, you know, I could make sure that I'm ex- like, good job. Like proud, proud of you. Like amazing work. It's not easy. Um, so I don't know if that was what you're looking for. Well, I wasn't sure what I was looking for at all, but a couple of things, um, y- you said so many things, but two really jumped out. One was, it's not easy, which feels like you're expressing your understanding. And also, at one point in there, you said, I don't know. And I was like, yes, that's sort of the point, I think, is like, are there people in your life who you are trying to understand and you may have moments of not? And and if that's the case, how could we practice? How could we How could we get better at this? Um, one thing I often tell people who, um, who I'm trying to work with around empathy is, um, drill this, drill it like any other skill that you might drill. Like when you were in first grade and you were learning math, you drilled addition problems. Like I, I can remember there being like, do another one, do another one, do another one. Um, and so one way that you can drill this, uh, and this being the, the skill of active listening that we spoke about So what I'm recommending, if you want to practice active listening, so I recommend to people they go to YouTube and they type in the name of their favorite celebrity. Leslie, it doesn't have to be your favorite, but who's a public figure you might say you really like? A public figure I um, really like, I like uh, Mindy Kaling. So I would recommend you go to YouTube and you type in Mindy Kaling interview. And what's going to come up are a whole bunch of interviews with Mindy Kaling. When I do this in workshops, people usually bring up like Beyonce or Michelle Obama or Steve Harvey. And they will type in one of those names followed by the word interview. And you will find an interview with this person. Click on that interview with Mindy Kaling. Listen to a few seconds of it. After a few seconds, hit pause. And use active listening to say back to Mindy Kaling what you just heard her say. And in the second part of this series, we talked about many strategies for how to do that. We talked about the simple active listening. We talked about the more complex type where you talk about feelings. Um, So (laughs) whatever type of active listening you choose to use, use that. And then listen to a few seconds more of Mindy Kaling. Hit pause and use more active listening to reflect back what you heard Mindy say. Do this for the whole interview. By the end of it, you will have just drilled a lot of active listening. Once you feel like you're kind of a machine, you're doing this really well, you hardly have to put any effort into it, I would encourage people to do it again, but up the challenge. This time, think of a public figure who you are not fond of. I'm not going to ask you for an example. I will tell you, recently I asked this in a workshop and somebody shouted out Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) All right. All right, all right, all right. Is exactly what I said. All right, all right, all right. So um, in this case, if you just cannot stand Matthew McConaughey, and by the way, I don't have a problem with Matthew McConaughey, so if he's listening, love ya. But somebody out there does not, so... (laughs) Um, if you, if you too dislike Matthew McConaughey, you would type into the YouTube search box, Matthew McConaughey interview, uh, or even that ridiculous commercial, whatever. It will pop up, listen to a few seconds, and then try some active listening with the person you're not fond of. 
Um, listen to a few more seconds and reflect back what you've heard. Listen to a few more seconds, reflect back what you've heard. It's a really powerful exercise in empathy building with someone who maybe you want to yell at, maybe someone you're not real fond of, somebody you want to correct, somebody you want to tell what you really think of them. But if you structure this as I'm just going to listen and actively say back what I've heard, listen and reflect, listen and reflect, it can be really powerful. I learned this sort of by accident um, years ago. Let's see. What was the year when Charlie Sheen was really big? Like, uh, I mean, his incident, like his scandal. Yeah. So I think that was like 2011 or 12, something like that. So that's how long ago this was. But um, I was doing some training for um, University of Pennsylvania. They had me training two people really intensely. I was there every week training them. And I was sitting in a classroom waiting for these two staff people to come in. And the door swings open. And I hear them going, he just wants attention. He just wants more fame. He's just using this for, to get people to pay attention to him and give him more money. And he's ridiculous. I can't stand him. And I looked at them and I said, hi, ladies, who are you talking about? And they simultaneously said, Charlie Sheen. And I said, okay, well, come on over to the computer. We're going to try an exercise. And I typed in Charlie Sheen interview. And do you know what came up, Leslie? No. Oh, winning? Hashtag winning? The interview. The, like, tiger blood winning, all of that. Like, the interview that went was, like, our biggest national scandal. Those were good times when that was our biggest. (laughs) Oh, I long for those days. Don't you miss 2012 and 13 when that was our Charlie Sheen was our biggest problem. Um, I'm kidding, of course, but he was a, a, a national conversation for sure. So we pulled up this interview and they listened to a few seconds and I hit pause and I said, OK, say back to Charlie Sheen what you just heard him say. And they did. And then we did it again. And then we did it again. And then we did it again. And we did it for the entire interview. And by the end, when it was over, I looked at them and both of the women went, oh my gosh, Charlie Sheen just needs someone to listen to him. And they were like emotional. (laughs) Isn't it crazy? They were like, Charlie Sheen just needs some help. Charlie Sheen just needs a friend to hear him out. And they were so activated by him like an hour prior and suddenly had so much empathy and in fact concern for him. And so this is why I recommend to people that you practice this with someone who you're not real happy with because it's a real test of your empathy to see how much you can develop it and how much it can change you. Any thoughts about that? (laughs) Okay. Okay. I just felt like I was rambling. So this is something you can do from your phone, from your computer, you know, first practice with somebody you love and then practice with somebody who you're a little bit irritated with and then start to practice in everyday life. And in everyday life, you don't have to drill it like you do with the YouTube video. You can do this in small doses. You might say, you know what, I'm going to go talk to um, my brother who I haven't seen in months. This is going to be a difficult conversation. I'm going to try for the first five minutes to just listen and, and then I feel like I will have done my job and, and that might be enough and then I can kind of relax. But maybe you just try for five minutes. It doesn't have to be an hour-long empathy marathon. Um, you know, The way that we learn anything is in small doses. So maybe you just challenge yourself to a small dose of expressing out loud your empathy and then the next time you go for more and the next time you go for more. Any other ideas from you? No, I kind of want to do this. I think it's a, it's a really cool 
um, way to, to get out of your own, you know, thought bubble. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to go back to the Charlie Sheen example, it's not like the two women I was training at the end said, wow, Charlie Sheen is winning. Like, no, they still don't think he's winning, but they were understanding a little bit better and they were less activated by him and they didn't seem so triggered by seeing his face and hearing his name. And um, they, their, it seemed their hearts had grown for him. Didn't change their minds, really. They probably do still think he was seeking attention. and They probably do still think he, you know, was troubled, but um, it seemed like they had a different perspective. The other tips I have for learning and developing empathy are really more practical, like put your phone away, um, don't be playing with things or fidgeting, like try to get comfortable, because if you're moving around a lot, I just feel like it's really distracting for people, and they might think you're not listening. Um, So those are just some simple things about space, posture, you know, like just to show like look like you're listening some yeah show with your body language and your hand gestures and eye contact that you are listening because you might be listening and not seem like you are Um, so I would recommend you make your your appearance match it Um, and I was reading something this is the last tip I'll give and then we can start to kind of summarize the whole series but I was reading a tip around um, like drinking a glass of water while you speak to someone because if you're a bit fidgety it gives you something to do that will also shut you up like if you're sipping water slowly or you guess even if you're chugging it you're not talking um and it somehow like the the hydration or whatever like seems to kind of cue us to like slow things down a little bit and so i was reading that um, this particular like expert on empathy said, keep a glass of water nearby. So if you feel like you need to calm down or slow down, you can take a sip of it, and it, it should help you. May- probably in the same way that like taking deep breaths would. Um, and I thought that was kind of interesting. I think that's a great idea. It, it reminds me of like when somebody's crying, you hand them a glass of water, and it's not necessarily because they're dehydrated because they're weeping so openly or something. Um, it actually helps sort of like reset them. Um, and I sometimes, especially when someone's saying something that's like, you know, maybe I don't have a poker face. If you know me, you you know this. Um, I am I'm lacking in poker face, um, but I keep a, a water bottle at my desk and. Um, when someone's telling me something, a lot of times I will take a sip of it because it allows me to not have a facial expression, mm-hmm. which is maybe that's my poker face and why I'm so dang hydrated. <laughs> Your skin looks great. Oh. Yes. Um, as a trainer, I, I use the sip of water to slow me down before I say something stupid in front of a crowd. Like if I get a question and like my gut is to just answer it quickly, sometimes I will say these words. I'm going to take a sip of water while I gather my thoughts. And while I'm taking the sip of water, 100% of the time, I change my mind about what I'm going to say. Just like that slowing down moment makes me go, you know what? No, that's not the direction to go with this. Go a totally different direction. And I I don't know why I announce it, but I do. I don't know. I I don't think the announcement's for the audience. The announcement is like me committing to slowing down I am going to take a sip of water while I gather my thoughts is really self-talk that I just let them hear <laughs> well, and, and then also they say that you know when you're really thinking you're looking off to the right or to the left I think and um, if you're talking to somebody you're making eye contact with them and taking a, a sip of your water means that you've you've kind of 
uh, you're probably not staring in the face while you're drinking water. I could come off a little creepy. Um, so maybe that allows you to, to break eye contact and, and think better because you're looking in a different direction. I know very little about that, but I, I know that there is a whole science to that. Um, uh, and so I, I, you're making me want to read more about like the, yeah, you're making me want to read more about that. I mean, I say I know nothing about it. I remember in like eighth grade, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just like suddenly got interested in the idea of like persuasion and like how advertisers persuade us. I was on this kick in like eighth grade and then I had to do like a research project. So I picked that as my research project. And I remember reading about like where your eyes go, say a lot about whether you're telling the truth or whether you're looking in the past or the future. I just don't remember it enough to tell the listeners, but I, uh, I, I remember it enough to say, oh yeah, there is something to that. There is something to that. All right, well, that brings us to the end of our four-part empathy series. Um, you know, we started with just trying to make sure we were all on the same page about what empathy is. Uh, and then by part two, we were talking about, okay, why is this important? Why are we dedicating four episodes to it? Uh, and then we started talking about how to express it out loud. So it's not just something you think about, but it's something you're actively saying to people. Then we talked about some of the challenges. And then in this episode, we talked about how to get better at it, how to develop and grow. Um, maybe I'll ask this. What have you learned? I've learned that there's probably a reason why I drink so much water. I think that's maybe, I, I didn't realize that I was doing that as a way of um, sh also shutting my own self up. <laughs> yeah, the more I talk about empathy, the more I learn the power of, of shutting myself up, which we've said that many times before, which is um, kind of a weird message from two people who sit around with a podcast every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Learning how to stop talking from two people who talk into a microphone and then put it out to the public to listen to.